Matthew chapter 21 starts with the story of Palm Sunday talking about Jesus' entry into Jerusalem on a donkey. The crowds were shouting in verse 9, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. The whole city was asking the question, Who is he? The crowds answered him, saying he was the prophet Jesus from Nazareth. After this, Jesus entered the temple and drove out the money changers. Jesus was causing quite a stir in Jerusalem. However, two groups were not so thrilled about what Jesus was doing. They did not believe that Jesus had the authority to do what he was doing. Before we get to this episode, here's a little plug for Talks with God. If you like Talks with God, join our Facebook group. Search Talks with God on Facebook. You will get updates when new podcasts are released. In addition, we will be sharing other podcasts, blogs, devotional stories, and scriptures that can help you in your walk with God. Also, I invite you to subscribe to Talks with God, leave a rating and review, and share this podcast with others. Whenever you leave a rating or review, it helps more people find the podcast. Help us on our journey to bring people closer to Jesus Christ in our Talks with God. And now, episode 16 of Talks with God, The Authority of Jesus. The Sadducees were responsible for performing sacrifices at the temple. They saw the written Torah as the sole source of authority. They did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. They controlled the temple business and usually received their income from the temple business. They were often synonymous with chief priests. Pharisees were the cultural religious leaders. They oversaw daily religious life. They had authority over the training and appointing of rabbis. They set the policies for how synagogues operated. They were the judges of the Jewish law. They were synonymous with elders. They received their income from money given to synagogues. So neither group saw Jesus as having authority. The Sadducees saw the Torah as a sole source of authority. The Pharisees believed only they had authority to train and appoint rabbis. Which brings us to Matthew chapter 21, verse 23. When he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? So in other words, the Sadducees, or the chief priests, and the Pharisees, or the elders, questioned Jesus' ministry authority. Under the Pharisaic rules of that day, no one could go out and become a rabbi under their own authority. If you are one of the Pharisees, this question makes a lot of sense. Think about it from a modern-day point of view. Most churches have their own procedures for appointing ministers or priests. Someone just can't go out and become a minister or a priest on their own authority. They usually have to go through some education or be ordained. If someone is just claiming to be a minister or be a priest, we would probably question their authority. So there are two possible answers to this question. Either Jesus said that God gave him authority, or he had no authority. If he said he had no authority, he would have been found guilty of practicing as a false teacher. If he had said he had authority from God, he would have been found guilty of blasphemy. So this was a blatant attempt by the chief priests and the elders to trick Jesus. But Jesus did not answer them directly. Instead, he asked them a question. Now, this was not being evasive. This was an acceptable rabbinical method. Rabbis would commonly test each other's ideas and interpretations with questions to the original questions. 
There's a story of a Gentile who went to a rabbi once and asked the rabbi, Why do you always answer a question with a question? Well, he answered, Why not? So in verses 24 to 27, we read, Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Now Jesus gave the chief priests and the elders two choices. Choice number one was the baptism of John from heaven. Choice number two was a baptism of John from human origin. Now when he says baptism, he is talking about the ministry of John the Baptist. Remember that Jesus' public ministry began when John baptized him. If we go back to Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 16, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw God's Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. So if the chief priests and elders said that John's ministry came from heaven, then Jesus could claim that his ministry came from John, thus having the Pharisaic authority to practice. However, they opposed John because he never had the authority according to them, and Jesus knew that they would not choose this option. John publicly called the Pharisees and Sadducees vipers in Matthew 3.7. John was seen as an enemy to them. Of course, they believed that John's ministry was a fraud, so the answer that they really believed was that John's ministry was of human origin. But verse 26 says, But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. They were scared to give this answer because they feared what the crowd would do to them. To say that John's ministry comes from his own authority would be political suicide. So they took the coward's way out with a blatant lie and said, We do not know. This was just an attempt to save themselves. The religious leaders never intervened to stop John's ministry. It was actually Herod that finally stopped him. So if they were willing to let John continue his ministry, then by the same standard, they don't need to demand Jesus demonstrate his authority. They were trapped by the inability to answer their own question. So since they did not answer Jesus, in verse 27, Jesus says that he is not going to answer their question. But instead, Jesus gave them a parable. So we continue in Matthew 21, verses 28 to 32. Jesus says, What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? Well, they said, the first. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you, 
in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. Well, the first son initially rejected the father's request. Have your children ever told you no when you asked them to do something? That is what the son did. The first son did. He just outright defied what his father asked him to do. However, later he had a change of heart. The scripture doesn't tell us whether he changed his mind after talking with his father or not. It just says in the end, he went to the vineyard and worked. The second son accepted his father's request. He immediately, without hesitation, said, I go, sir. But he had no intention of doing so. It was all for show. He doesn't openly rebel, but he still disobeys. He has an outward appearance of obedience, but inwardly his heart opposes the father. When asked who did the father's will, the religious leaders answered the first son. Jesus equates the first son with the tax collectors and the prostitutes, and the second son with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. For the religious elite, even being mentioned in the same breath as a tax collector or a prostitute is bad enough. But Jesus goes one further and says that the lowly sinners will enter the kingdom of God before them. The first thing to point out is that neither one of these sons is setting the standard for obedience. Both of their responses are unsatisfactory. Both are imperfect. The ideal son would have been the one who accepted the father's request, like the second son, and then went to the field and worked, like the first son. However, most of us are like either one of the sons. We may sometimes be like the first son, and other times like the second. We may complain and whine about something, but ultimately we obey. Or we may say we are going to do something with no intention of doing it. But the second point of the parable is that although we are sinners, we can still turn to God and obey. The tax collectors and the prostitutes were considered the worst sinners of Jesus' day. But verse 32 says that they believed John. They repented of their sins and obeyed. We have that same opportunity today. No matter what we have done in our lives, we have the opportunity to repent and turn to obedience. The Pharisees and the Sadducees instead had lived their lives following rules that had the outside appearance of following God's will. Jesus was teaching love, peace, forgiveness, and repentance, but, there, but they were more concerned about laws and rules than showing love to others. The Pharisees and Sadducees didn't think they needed a Savior, so they didn't receive the Savior when he came. Their pride got in the way. We must be careful not to be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Are there times when we also don't think we need a savior? Are there times when we say, I got this, because our pride tells us not to ask for help? Do we make promises with no intention of keeping them? Do we look down on the sins of others? Like the Pharisee in Luke 18:11, do we ever say, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even the tax collector? Do we sometimes say, I thank God I'm not like the Sadducees and the Pharisees. If we are honest with ourselves, I would say the answer to these questions are yes. So in closing, I'd like to offer a prayer. Lord, we know that at times we are just like the Pharisees and Sadducees. We know that we are sinners. We know that we are like the son who rebelled and said no but I pray that you help us to come to obedience. I pray for forgiveness of those times for which we have rebelled. 
I pray for forgiveness for the times in which we have judged others. Please help us to see the worth in every person. Help us recognize that we need you every day and cannot go through life one minute without you. Lord, give us the strength to accept and obey your will. We ask these things in your holy name. Amen.